There we go. Welcome back to Radio Pulpit 657 AM from Gauteng to the Cape. Of course, hello to our Cape listeners as well on 657 AM. Um, and then, of course, we got a hello to international audience. We've got a huge international audience tonight. And we've got people that have tuned in from Israel. We've got people that have tuned in from Australia, from the United States. Uh, we have people tuned in from Oman this, this evening. Can you believe it? Oman. And uh, they are all tuned in tonight because that is correct. We are forming a brand new tradition here on Filling the Gap. Every last Monday of the month, we will have Reverend Paul Coupe here with us and we'll talk kingdom legislation, we'll talk legal aspects, we'll just inform uh, the, the Church of Christ. Now, my people will perish due to a lack of knowledge and our idea is to bless you with knowledge so you can make informed decisions and be true ambassadors for the kingdom of Christ. Just before we get into the show tonight with myself and Reverend Paul Coupe, can you guys believe it? Time is running, and on the 13th of May, we are celebrating Ascension Day. So join us as we celebrate the King of Kings on Ascension Day, the 13th of May. At Radio Pulpit offices in Kellner Park in Pretoria, we have limited space available, so please visit radiopulpit.co.za to secure your seat or send us an email to letsy at radiopulpit.co.za. With winter slowly closing in, we invite you to share in our kindness by bringing a blanket with on Ascension Day, which we will donate to people in need. Those who cannot attend the Ascension Day are welcome to donate a blanket and bring it to the offices between the 15th and the 13th, the 5th and the 13th, apologies of May. For more information, please contact Letsy on 12 334 right. It's time. Can you believe it? Rev, you just got to put that mic there in front of you, please, Rev. It's not going to help if you don't have a mic. It's not going to help at all. (laughs) Good evening, Rev. Good evening, Dwayne, and good evening to all your listeners out there. It's really great to be back, and I'm looking forward to a great session. I think you feel like pulpit furniture today. I, I, I am kind of starting to feel like the furniture, but let me tell you, it's a good feeling. Is it? It's a good feeling. Well, I think you've been here since I think like a quarter to five this afternoon already. Yeah, no, I was here because we had a preliminary Zoom meeting with Dr. Bill Winston. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I didn't want to interrupt it, so I figured come early and, and hang around. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, you can't miss this. You no. Can't, you can't miss this. Absolutely not. Uh, I, I want to give a special shout out to, I believe there's some Bible. Bible students that's following Reverend Paul Coupe that's, yes. that's listening tonight. I We have a group of, you know, what is interesting is we had our Bible school students, we had 60 of them last year, and we had to stop because of the lockdown. And uh, we opened online this year, and guess what? We have 200 from 10 nations. Wow. So I'm just saying that to encourage people out there, ministers out there who may think lockdown has brought down the numbers, has, has brought it decrease but I want to encourage a minister out there to say there's an opportunity actually for increase and do you remember Dwayne that it was when the church was persecuted in the old old days olden days when it was under persecution and the church was under lockdown Mm. 
in, in the, <laughs> that it actually grew. That, you know, home churches were started. People like Lois and all of that, they started home churches. And that's actually how the gospel spread. It was under a similar period of lockdown. So I want to encourage the church out there to say that, listen, don't be discouraged by whatever numbers, but there are opportunities to start home churches. There are opportunities out there to start things online. We've gone from 60 to 200. So a big shout out to our Kingdom Mandate Assembly International Training Institute, uh, Ministry Institute. I know you're out there to all 200 of you, some in Nigeria, United Kingdom, USA, uh, Bahamas is there, uh, Botswana, Swaziland, the Sutu, South Africa, all many, many countries, Geneva. So a big shout out to everybody. <laughs> and you might not have a radio, but you do have the internet, of course, because you're doing this online. You yeah. can go to www.radiopulpit.co.za for worldwide streaming or just download the app, Radio Pulpit, and you can tune into these sessions. And the most important thing for me is if you love what you hear tonight, please go visit the Radio Pulpit website and go download this podcast and mm. distribute the podcast. Rev, before we, before we start, I want to... Mm-hmm. I want to get something off my chest. Yeah. <laughs> so you know that when you're driving a car, yeah. then there's multiple cars surrounding you, but you don't really pay attention to specific car types. Yeah. And then when you apply your mind to a specific car, all of a sudden you start noticing these yeah. cars on the road. Yeah. And every, any, every one seems like it's that car now. Exactly. Yeah. Now, I had you on the show a month ago, and we are so happy to announce that this will be a regular spot now. It'll be a once a month, the last Monday of every month. Yeah. And since then, I've started to focus on the car. I've started to focus <laughs> on the discussion topics. Right. And it's actually quite amazing how much articles mm. I've read mm. regarding kingdom legislation, parents' rights, and so forth and so forth. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not 100% sure. I don't think we will need listeners to ask questions because yeah. I've, I've got enough. <laughs> You've got a lot of questions. <laughs> I've got enough. I, I, was, I was approached by a series of people the past month, people yeah. that asked me questions on, um, could you abbreviate a bit more on the unisex toilets that may take yeah. place at some stage. Yeah. Um, I had a very interesting email. Uh, Rev, if I have the, the, the terminology and the dates wrong, please correct me. Mm-hmm. Kalita said that you're going to correct us. <laughs> you must correct us when we're out of line. But um, um, something that's, that's in contrast with each other is the legal age mm. of a girl to be sexually active without consent right. and the legal age to have an abortion without right. consent. Right. And that is in contrast with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are the things that I feel the general public do not know about. Yeah. What is hot on the list right now, Rev, of what's going on? There are a couple of things I want us to really discuss, and the reason Mm, why is because they have deadlines. Yes. And so the church has to be called to action immediately. But before I do so, Dwayne, I think it would be great just to set a foundation because um, in terms of why this program, why it's important and why it's important to the church Mm. in particular, uh, because I don't know if everybody has been on board with us since the last time. Mm. But you remember that the last time we were talking about even the word ecclesia and the meaning of the word ecclesia, the original meaning, Greek meaning, which when broken down, we get to find out that the ecclesia or the church is really Mm. a body of believers who take responsibility Mm. for ruling on earth. They are a generation of people. It's not a building, but this is a group of ek 
Kaleo, Ecclesia et Kaleo, called out believers who are supposed to operate and function as God's national assembly on earth. So these are sons of God who were supposed to legislate. Mm. These, these were a group of people who, in the traditional setting, would decide on, <laughs> on how the society was to be run. And so when Yeshua said that in Matthew sixteen eighteen, I will build my church, my ecclesia, upon this rock, this rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the ecclesia. He was literally saying, I'm going to build my generation of sons of God who will take responsibility and accountability to rule on my behalf on earth and to be my national assembly on earth and legislate on my behalf and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this generation of people. So this is essentially what this program is about, mm. building the ecclesia in terms of the original definition of what we're supposed to be. We're not supposed to be a group of happy, clappy people just coming on oh, yes. Sundays mm. for three hours and singing Kumbaya, my Lord, <laughs> or whatever song you like on your marks, get set. <laughs> Are you ready for Jerusalem? That's not the mandate. Um, it may be nice together to uh, sing, but the mandate is bigger than that. So that was just yeah. to set the foundation for but, but to, our but, convo. But to further mm-hmm. uh, that foundation is something that actually got my attention. And I had family members that listened to our previous chat Right. That said that they, ne- they they were never aware of this is yeah. the church wants to sit wants to take a back seat yeah and the church wants to complain once something is legislated absolutely but if I understand you correctly mm-hmm. it's less of an effort for the church yeah. to stop legislation to than stop. what it is to change legislation uh, you know what legislation takes years there's a process around building legislation in terms of consultation if it's done properly within a democratic uh, um, you know, sitting in an environment, it takes it can take years to pass a bill. So if you are going to come in and be reactive as opposed to being proactive, you know, to undo a law takes a heck of a lot of more effort, resources, time. And in the process, if it is a, le- a piece of legislation, for instance, that is immoral and that is affecting the moral fabric of our society, that essentially means that for the next few years, that immorality, you're going to have to put up with that immorality. So if it's a piece of legislation, for instance, that has to do with sexualizing our children and encouraging promiscuity, when you react instead of being proactive, instead of blocking it and stopping it, uh, that legislation gets passed. And then it's going to be an operation until and unless you can actually overturn that law. And that may take six, seven years or, you know, longer. And in that process, you've got a whole generation of young people who have been impacted by that legislation, who have been socialized and mm. taught to be sexually promiscuous, that, listen, you can have sex at an early age. Um, you can use a condom. They've been taught to condomize. They've been taught to sexualize mm. and all of those things. So this is why the church cannot afford to sit back, lay back, and sit on the couch mm. and watch soap operas and eat maguinyan chips or burvos or whatever it is that takes your fancy. <laughs> we have to be uh, proactive. We are supposed to be the salt and we are supposed to be the light, which means you play a leading part and you bring direction and you are the moral compass of society. At least that's the way God intended it to be. 
And Rev, if I understand this correctly, this is a lot said, but sometimes it's literally as easy as putting your name on a petition. Absolutely. It's just, listen, there is, um, there's some things that have not been able to go through because we got seven, just 76,000 names. Mm. Listen, we're 60 million in this nation. Mm. 76,000 names on a petition was able to stop certain pieces of legislation and certain things from going in. So every voice counts. And you need to take accountability because let me tell you, um, uh, beloveds, um, you know, the, 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 the Lord is looking to us. To, he, he, he said from, from Genesis, take dominion. He's giving us authority. He said, occupy and do business till I come. He said, subdue. I don't know how, how louder he needs to be um, in terms of uh, trying to convey to us that he expects us to be the light, to be the salt, to be the ones that give direction, to be the ones that, you know, provide a, a moral compass like that. It's, 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 it's time that we stand up in, in this time. And be a voice. We cannot afford to be silenced anymore. We must be heard. And we must not only be heard, we must be seen. Because sometimes we talk, but we don't live the life that we talk. So we must be heard and we must be seen to be living the life that we talk about. That's the best preaching that you can do. Or Rev, uh, makes me think of a, a story my dad always told me. He said that the best rugby rev is yeah. always next to the Bryflace for your fire. The best rugby ref, ref. Is, the, is next to the Bryflace. Yeah, because the guy that always knows better yeah. is the guy that wants to comment afterwards. <laughs> Instead of, and this is where I, I want to come through to the church, Yeah, get your name on petitions right. where we can protect our children. Right. It's a, literally a matter of adding your name to a list. Absolutely. Where do we get these petitions, Ref? Absolutely. The petitions are there, and I'm going to talk about sure. a couple of actions that you know that are coming up Go for in it, May that we need to actually um, be aware of sure. and, and try and give as much um, information as I can. Listen, there's an act which we refer to, um, those of us who are in the legal uh, kind of environment, we call it the Papuda Act. Papuda. So it's really an acronym for the Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Amendment Bill. This is one that's coming up, and this is the one that the church must play, pay close attention to. Mm, mm. Um, it is up for public comment until the 12th of May. So you have literally, that's like two weeks, basically. Two weeks to take action, and I'm going to tell you, you know, what needs to be done and, and who you need to write to, etc. But first of all, I want to tell you what the implications Please of this do. act are, because obviously we're not all trained in law, and we might not know the consequences of it. So, Papuda, Promotion of Equality and Prevention of Unfair Discrimination Amendment Bill. On the face of it, it sounds like a good thing because we're all like, oh, mm, nobody yeah. wants unfair discrimination. Mm. Nobody wants, you know, um, inequality. And so on the face of it, it sounds like a good thing. And this church, I must warn you, is how some of these things sneak in. Because if you look at the title superficially, it looks mm. like a good thing. But quite often, there's some sneaky little things, underground and underhanded things. Mm implications in terms of morality. One of the things I do want to say up front before I get into this act is to say that what we see going around in the world today, globally, not just in South Africa, America, whatever country you are in, is that there is a global trend to criminalize morality. So mm. things that are ethical, things that you and I must do, 
there is a global trend to criminalize good things mm. and morality mm. and a global trend to actually legalize immorality. Sure. So things like legalizing prostitution, for instance, mm. we've had to battle that for years because there's movements who are out there wanting to say that prostitution is sex work, etc. And so those are all things that we've been battling over years. And there's a push towards that. And so the church needs to wake up to mm. that fact mm. that many of the laws that are being passed in this season and this in this era and in this time are really having the attention intention of criminalizing morality and legalizing mm. immorality, lowering sure. the age of consent so that 12 year olds can give consent to have sex. What is that? Mm. You know, so a, a, a 12 year old cannot drink alcohol, uh, but they can have sex mm. and can have abo ab an abortion without the consent of their parents, but they're not old enough to drink alcohol. So mm. you can see clearly mm. that there's an agenda to raise up and to bring forth a generation that is irres irresponsible, sexually immoral, and not accountable. So Papuda, promotion of equality and prevention of unfair discrimination amendment bill. The biggest, this is, Dwayne, the biggest threat to freedom of religion that we may ever face. Sure. And we have had many, many threats to freedom of religion. Sure. Um, some, a couple of years ago, we had the hate speech bill. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe I'll talk about it a little bit later about the hate speech bill. But this one is, is huge. The implications are huge. Number one, I'm not going to get into the big, big, you know, meat of it, but I'll just tell you the implications. Please. Number one implication is one of the things that this act, the amendments to this act will do is that it's going to broaden and widen the definition of discrimination. And equality. So what constitutes discrimination? There's going to be a whole list of things there. And that what that does is it makes it easier to charge people mm. under the act. So, for instance, especially those of us in church, because they will even use the Bible and, and, and portions of scripture to say that <laughs> what you've preached here is discriminatory. You. And a lot of pastors may be sent to jail. It's the same thing that they tried to do with the hate speech bill. They, the, the, the de definition of hate speech was so wide that if you preached certain portions of the scripture where God is telling us, giving us direction around how to behave and what behavior is not acceptable, according to our faith, that was defined as hate speech. Sure. And in terms of that bill... If that bill had been passed without the intervention of many, you know, different organizations and groups, including 4SA, which is Freedom of Religion, South Africa, you know, people, wonderful people who I work with, Nadine Badenhorst and Michael Swain and Danielle and others. If there had not been pushback, what was going to happen with the hate speech bill was that it would have been passed in its original form and pretty much 70 to 80 percent of pastors would have been arrested. Because if you preach, especially those portions of the Bible where it talks about sin and certain sinful acts, if you were to preach that, according to this bill, the hate speech bill, it would have fallen under the definition of hate speech that you're preaching. And guess what? On the first offense of hate speech, you would be found guilty and sent to prison for three years. What? And on the second offense, you would be sent to prison for 10 years. 
with a fine as well. So essentially any pastor who would preach about sin basically would be charged with hate speech and would go to prison on the first offense, first charge for three years and then for 10 years. So essentially it was going to stop us from preaching about sin. And what is the gospel without sin? I mean, sin is an inherent component of the gospel. Absolutely. You know, for you to come into relationship with Yeshua, you have to first confess your sin. Mm. So the minute you take sin out, you've taken a a huge part of the, the Bible out. So similarly, with this promotion of equality and prevention um, bill, again, um, I think because with the hate speech bill, what happened then was that an exception clause was put in by wonderful, like I said, NGOs and people who pushed back on that because they understood the implications. So there was an exception clause that was put in to say that unless you are in the course making that statement, which may otherwise have been defined as hate speech, unless you are making it in the course of preaching or to express your faith, basically. So if you are doing mm. it that without an agenda or an intention to um, to be derogatory or to show hatred, then you will be exempted. So we basically got an exemption. Mm. Um, under that. And this is why we want Christians to get involved in this as well. Otherwise, again, the majority of pastors, when they preach sin, they'll go to prison. So it broadens and widens the definition of discrimination and equality in the act, making it so much easier uh, to charge people under this act. Secondly, it also uh, extends the scope of unfair discrimination. So, again, when you preach and you preach about sin and unrighteousness and all of those, you may, under this act, as a minister of the gospel, you know, be charged under this act. And then the third aspect, which also um, is concerning around this act, which will be the last thing I'll talk about, then I'll tell you what to do. The third aspect is there's a, a legal terminology which we talk about jointly and severally. So when a charge is made against you, um, you may be charged as an individual or you may be charged along with other people. That's what that phrase jointly and severally means, that you can not just you being charged, but other people being charged. So the practical effect of this is that you as an employer, for instance, um, may be held liable for the actions of your employee. So your employee who has done or something that may qualify under this act as an offense just by the fact that because you're his employer, you may be charged jointly and severally um, with your employee and held liable for uh, for the actions of somebody else. Does that apply to the church as well? Yeah. Someone in the church doing something on behalf of the church. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my. Absolutely. That's why I say the implications are huge. The ramifications are are so huge. And that's why we have to push back and we have to, you know, um, really make sure that uh, we we make input and give feedback on this. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? This is what we need to do. Everybody write to the Department of Justice. So... Um, and the first thing we need to do is actually to ask for an extension. May the 12th is around the corner. It's two weeks away. Uh, 4SA, again, Freedom of Religion South Africa, they have been given an extension by the Department of Justice until the 30th of June. But I do want to say that that extension is not applicable to everybody. 
they have said very specifically mm. that it's only for for SA. And so, and they said that anybody who wants an extension must request it themselves. Understand. So that is my advice if you whether you're an organization, a minister individual or you know whatever. My advice to you is in the first instance, request right and make your personal request for um, an extension until June the 30th. And, and on the basis of saying you need more time to consult uh, with your leaders or with your constituents or to get more legal advice or whatever, you know, reason you feel you feel fit. But that is the my first um advice to you is ask for the extension because that gives you at least six weeks to respond and to respond with cogent reasons. So if I understand correctly, we are now talking to mm-hmm. church leaders, church pastors that right. should send a mail on their church's behalf you can do that, to yeah. the Department of Justice. Yeah. Do you have an email address? I do. Please. I do. So that's the first step. Um, that's the first step. And so... Yeah, that's the first step. The contact details, where to send it to? Send it to the attention of the Director General, attention Director General, Justice and Constitutional Development. So that would be who you address the email or letter to. And the email address is, and I'm going to leave it with you also. Please, um, you please. can put it on the radio pulpit. Yeah. Email address is FF for flower, B for boy, H. A Y A T F B as in Facebook, kind of F B H A Y A T at justice dot gov dot Z A. So that is the email address. I adjure you, please, to actually, um, you know, please get involved because mm, there's no use please. crying after spilt milk and say, oh, my God, what do we do? What do we do about this? And you have not gotten involved. Mm. So get involved while there's still time. Send your email there. Ask for, um, I do know that what F, um, what a 4SA is doing is also, you know, compiling more information so that we'll be able to send out information. I'll send it to you as well, Dwayne. Please do. In terms of uh, the areas that you need to address, um, and write about and and in terms of your complaint, the areas that you need to raise up, uh, giving back in terms of giving back your feedback. Yeah, Rev, you've actually mentioned for SA quite a while. Oh, got a few times already. Yeah. Please just, is it for for SA for SA? Yeah, so it's Freedom of Religion South Africa. Uh, so, is, do they have a Facebook page? Uh, yeah, they do have. I'm not sure where. Yeah, but I'm sure if you if you source it, you'll find it. Yeah. Because it, 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 so, it, 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 yeah, I have it. It's, it sounds to me like this specific Facebook page does inform people of quite a lot, yeah. and and people should really go and try and support yeah. this organisation. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, super. Yeah. I've got it. Yeah. So yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. It's Freedom of Religion SA. It is on Facebook. You guys can go check it. Riff, what's next on that agenda of yours? Yeah. Please. What's next? What we need to look at also is um, the aspect of the single marriage statute that's coming up as well. Mm-hmm. So that also has implications on us. Now, what has been happening in terms of the Marriage Act? We've had a Marriage Act. Um, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. And now what they are saying, uh, the authorities, is that there are different types of marriages. 
So you have all sorts of the traditional marriage, and then you have um, customary marriages. Mm. And then they're saying that there's some marriages that are excluded from this marriage act, for instance, the Islamic faith kind of marriages. So they are proposing that the marriages all come under one omnibus kind of act. Um, and and so now, in terms, I want to address a specific issue around this. Now, within the Marriage Act, as it currently stands, there was a clause within that Marriage Act, because, of course, the Act also deals with same-sex marriages. But there was a, a clause that allowed you, if by virtue of your faith, um, you would not, for instance, want to solemnize... Mm. Um, a, 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 a same-sex marriage, etc. There was a clause in the act called the conscientious uh, objection, object, objection clause, which would allow you to um, withdraw from solemnizing such a marriage. As the marriage officer. As the marriage officer. Right. Now, in this new bill, it's not going to be there, which means if by virtue of your faith, um, your faith takes a different view in terms of the type of marriage, you will be forced to solemnize that marriage. And that is actually a violation of freedom of religion in terms of the Constitution. Because freedom of religion is supposed to allow you to practice your religion and your faith in terms of the tenets of your faith. Um, so the conscientious clause mm. is a clause that allowed one to do that on the basis of your faith. To say, listen, my faith and the tenets of my faith and the doctrinal, the doctrinal issues of my faith say this. So if you are going to allow me to practice my faith mm. fully, then the conscientious clause must be a part of it because it's, it, it allows, it's that exception rule that allows somebody to remove themselves from a situation which their faith does not align with. So with the removal of this Oof. now, it means, uh, so that's really what the conscientious uh, clause is. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's it's a, an objection for reasons of conscience, that you do not want to comply with a particular requirement because your conscience and and your your faith that you serve does not allow you to do that. So, if so I potentially, you correctly, potentially, what this means is that religious marriage marriage officers, pastors, etc., could potentially, by law, mm. be forced, forced to solemnize marriages that are against their religious convictions Yo. and their beliefs. So, this discussion paper, because this one is being moved by the South African Law Reform Commission. And this discussion paper is open until 17th of May. And if you refuse, Rev, yeah. if you as a pastor refuse to do so, what's yeah. the implication? Well, again, there are criminal implications. Uh, we, w we won't know now because, I mean, the, the bill is still, is still being proposed. But, you know, the thing is, it's, it's, it's a criminal piece of legislation. So whenever you have a criminal piece of legislation, um, you know, then there will be a criminal penalty which means either prison or a fine. So once again, as pastors and as leaders of our congregations and of yeah. leaders within our faith, um, in our faith church, yeah. we've got to stand up to this. Absolutely. So it's open for public comment until 17th of May, and that's basically three weeks away. And so what we're doing along with, you know, all the NGOs and NPOs we're working with is encouraging all churches, all religious institutions, um, marriage officers, etc. Please make your submissions and submissions can be made to Mr. Pierre van Veek. 
directly. So make your submissions to Mr. Pierre van Veek and his email address is P-V-A-N-W-Y-K. P-V-A-N-W-Y-K at justice.gov.za. I'll also have all of those details yeah. after the show. If you guys need to get in, uh, in contact with me, I'll distribute this to all the church organizations that I know about, Rev. Yeah. we got to have the churches in on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's time to speak up. Listen, God is expecting us to speak up. You, 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 there's a scripture, you know, Matthew 5, 13, and you read up to 16. It talks about salt. And then it makes a very important, um, uh, you know, observation there and it talks about it says if if salt is not doing its job it's not adding flavor then it's worth nothing but you you need to actually tread on that that salt it's good for for being thrown away for being thrown away so essentially as the church we're being called to be the salt we mustn't hide our light under a bushel as salt we must add flavor so light brings direction and and it can't be hidden. We can't hide ourselves in buildings for three hours on Sundays and clap and shout and think we're making a difference. Mm-mm. We 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 must be salty. Saltiness adds flavor. There must be a taste. I can't I can't see the taste. I can't feel the taste of the church. In this instance, where is the taste of the church? Where is the sound of the church? Where mm. is the voice of the church? We cannot be silenced. So the church must be heard. Uh, and if we're not heard, then it means we're just, we're not salt. We're Tata Machans, Fong Kong, salt. You know? <laughs> well, exactly. Matthew 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 16 says in the same way, yeah. that your light shine before others, yeah. that they may see the good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. And Powerful. the previous verses, I mean, 13 starts with being the salt and, and, and being the, the light and all of that. So we have to, we have to, mm. you know, be that salt in, because otherwise, you know, we just, we, we shouldn't even call ourselves the salt. We shouldn't even call ourselves the salt. So it means speaking up. It means being alert to the situations, knowing what's happening. It means being a voice, refusing to be silenced and talking about it. You know, um, just recently, uh, I, I was reading also about, um, a day that there's a proposal for a day to be called in South Africa, uh, May the 8th, to be proclaimed a day for worshipping ancestors. Uh-uh. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what's happening now. And, you know, the, the traditional, some of the traditional leaders, Contra Lessa, which is a group representing traditional leaders, they're calling on South Africans to celebrate and observe, they say, African spirituality by honoring the ancestors. And it's proposed that the inaugural ceremony will be taking place in Mpumalanga, where there will be people who will come together to observe the day and declare May the 8th a day of worshiping ancestors. So in a nation that is purportedly and supposedly 80% Christian, Mm. where is the voice of the church? Mm. And questions that I would like to know is who made this decision on behalf of South Africans? Has South Africa agreed to this? Last time I checked, democracy meant rule by the people for the people. So how is it that a small group of traditional leaders Mm. can make that decision for South Africans? Aren't we or weren't we supposed to consult or be consulted on this issue to say 
whether we accept it or not. How is it that a small group of people can decide on behalf of the whole nation? And this is what the church must 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 actually wake up to. And this is the, the call, I think, in our last few minutes. I don't know how long we have, but these are the last few things I want to mention, Dwayne. Please. What is the church supposed to do in this time? First of all, as the church, we need to demand to be heard. Mm. We have a right to be heard. Mm. In every democracy, that's what democracy means. It means nobody should be silent. And the church has been abused. The church has been oppressed. The church has been treated like imbeciles, as if we have no brain and as if we have Mm. no opinion. Mm. And so in this season, the church must arise, must be alert, must know what the issues are legally, politically, socially, and must participate. We must demand the right to be heard. We cannot have an authoritarian and dictatorial government that just silences the church and decides that the church is not worthy of being heard. With a comprehensive sexuality education, everybody was consulted except the church. Mm. You know, we had to demand. I remember in February oh. in uh, 2019, I think we had to demand to be heard because they didn't consult with us. I wonder why. And even when, <laughs> yeah, even when they consulted with us, you know what they did? They invited a hundred church leaders. Do you know that of those hundred church leaders, at least 30 or 40, almost half of them were not church leaders. They were members of, of NGOs um, who represented certain thoughts of, of, of certain types of thoughts who were brought in to, to overshadow the church. Strategically. So strategically, we were being heckled by people who were not church leaders, but this was supposed to be a meeting to consult with church leaders. They brought in their own people. They did not consult with us. They did not listen to us. It was just a sham. It was just a sham of a consultation. So the church must not only demand the right to be heard, but must refuse sham hearings, mm. must demand to be heard properly and must decide who's going to represent the church because we also have wolves amongst us, Dwayne. Yeah, we do. Let me talk about <laughs> that and make a plain. We have apostates. We have Tatamachan's wolves amongst us. Mm. We have people who are purporting to be believers when they are not. They're not representing the church. They're not representing the doctrine of the church. They're not representing the principles of the church and they are misrepresenting the church. Mm, true. So we have to be very careful about that. We need to demand the right to be heard. Um, consultation is a key feature of any democracy. We must be consulted. Recently, with the COVID restrictions, you know, there was a whole hullabaloo around the Easter Passover thing. And thankfully, the church took a stand. Mm. And they said, listen, how is it that the church is still closed down when the taxis are full? Everything is open. The restaurants are open. Cinemas, everything's going on. Restaurants are full. But the church seems to be the only Mm. place where, you know, you're going to contract COVID, you know. And of course, (laughs) as the church, I must say this. We don't want to be irresponsible. We don't want people to die. We want to abide by the law. Yes, absolutely. But we also don't want to be discriminated against. So if you're going to open other places up and and give them a certain leeway. All we're saying is that as the church, Mm. give us the same rights that you give to everybody else. Don't discriminate against us unfairly with, with, you know, made up reasons.
I'm so happy that you are leading this conversation this evening because <laughs> there's some of these topics that you are uh, that you are mentioning that I've got first-hand experience with, especially yeah. mm-hmm. the wolves dressed as sheep. Thank you. Let's w- talk about that. With, no, let's not. <laughs> Let's not. Let's not. You know but the what? Bible talks about it, Dwayne. You know the what? Bible says that there will be amongst you fall- wolves that will come to eat the shit. You know, we got to talk about it. You know it. what, Rev? I can, I'll be on the end of the conversation where I can confirm that these wolves are there. Oh, yeah. But I'd like to remain objective and, and I want to be a radio presenter. I've yeah. been involved the past seven, seven, eight years with so much church politics yeah. and head pastors of big denominations yeah. that's pushing agendas oh, yeah. that's n- got nothing to do with the word of god absolutely absolutely that's why please you can you continue no, with the conversation let me, let me i'll do just it, keep quiet listen, listen i'm i'm free to do it i'm <laughs> i'm just my 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 what is it what is it my my title is kingdom activist so i, <laughs> I report only to god so that's it there's no organization that can i'm not employed so <laughs> yeah, well let me rather keep quiet Rev, you know we've got 10 minutes left can you just for the sake of our listeners of our previous show can you perhaps fill us in on stuff like for example the unisex toilets that we spoke yeah. about a while ago yeah um when is the uh, projected date for this to take place from what age does it take place will it affect our primary schools would it affect yeah. our independent schools what's Absolutely. up well listen again we asked for intervention concerning the comprehensive sexuality education mm. and this is all tied back to that and that's one of the reasons we were pushing back and unfortunately when we talk about wolves at that meeting for leaders church leaders I saw the majority of church leaders standing up to say they would be ambassadors for comprehensive sexuality education mm. because they did not know what it entailed. Now, this is part, this aspect of unisex te- um, toilets, it's part of the whole rollout of comprehensive sexuality education. And I must say this, that you must know that, you know, government received, I believe it's from, you know, one of the UN uh, departments, I think it's UNESCO, I may stand to be, re- 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 you know, to be corrected, mm. but they received, and it's on record, they received 500 million rand, half a billion rand mm. from one of the UN agencies to roll out CSE. So this is a commercial thing. They were contractually bound because they took the money to roll out CSE. So whatever we said, um, in objection to try and protect our children from being sexualized at an early age and protect them from promiscuity, whatever we said they were not never going to listen to because they'd already have the money. Take, yeah, that's why God says in Matthew six twenty four, listen, you either serve me or you serve mammon, but you cannot serve both. Mm. So where mammon is involved, um, money, you know, like they say, money talks. So money is talking in terms of comprehensive sexuality education and our children's future are at stake because of money. And so out of that comprehensive sexuality education, which has to do with teaching children how to pleasure themselves, so-called masturbation Mm. and, you know, their rights to choose their gender and all of that. One of the regulations that came out of that was regulations around um, toilets, Mm. because now you've got the issue of transgenderism. So now transgender are, of course, people who believe themselves to be of the a member of the opposite sex that they were born. So now Mm. they have a right to use the toilet with which the, the identity 
that they identify with. That's where the unisex thing comes in. I actually had my eyes on that bill this week. Yeah. And I also had the communication from the Department of Education yeah. giving instruction to uh, school yeah. leaders. Yeah. And um, actually quite ironic, um, the church did raise their voice and raise their concerns, yeah. which means that that specific curriculum is, is still available to be taught to schools, but you now, as your school's governing body, have yeah. the right to say, we yes. don't want to use it, yeah. but you still got to prove to the department yeah. that you did something else to replace it. Absolutely, the SGB. So that was part of, in fact, I remember it was almost mm. uh, two years ago, I was on Radio Pulpit talking about that when God gave us an alternative plan um, to start a program called Family Sexuality Education which is a plan that we, uh, together with Focus on Family, um, developed in terms of an alternative to teaching children, which gives the parents the power to teach their children, mm. to teach their children. So we started that program initially, and I believe also there's another group now that also started uh, a similar uh, program. I think the group with Errol Naidu and others are start, started a similar program after that. But we started the family sexuality. We call it FSC. In fact, we got King's Wellitini as well mm. to talk about it to, to, and oh, wow. to support it before he died. He was very supportive of it. Um, before he passed away and um, he was very very supportive of us and appointed uh, Queen Nompumelelo to assist us with that so you know at the right time we will still be working with her to to roll that out he spoke about it at the opening of the KZN legislature so um, yeah so w w we've got alternatives in place and of course we have to work with the SGB school governing bodies and the unions to see how to lessen the impact but unfortunately the regulations that come with that whole CSE thing um, are regulations that also have to do with the use of toilets <laughs> the use of toilets and so that is one of the unfortunate implications of, of, of such types of legislation and it's one of the unfortunate consequences when Christians do not get involved and, 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 and speak out and they think it's harmless and when they get deceived into being told that oh no we're not teaching your children this and um, the, the, these are some of the unfortunate consequences so we need to as the young people say we need to stay woke <laughs> woke yeah we <laughs> just need the church needs to be woke well by the way I enjoyed the show with your daughter oh thank you it was you. a really good show uh, Rev the previous time you were here I got um, some some cool mails cool mails let me talk that language oh really okay. um, the people that asked are you available for yeah. speaking at churches yeah no absolutely this, this is what I'm here for this is exactly what I'm here for how do they get a hold of you um, they can write to they can send me an email my email address is Pearl, P-E-A-R-L, the Pearl of Great Price, P-E-A-R-L dot coupe, K-U-P-E, K-U-P-E at gmail.com. So it's Pearl dot coupe at gmail.com. Yeah. If you can't find me there or if you the email doesn't get there, look for me on, on Facebook. Just type my name in there, Pearl Coupe. You find me, send me an inbox as well. You can, yeah. So they're different ways of, of finding me but I'm um, this this is what I'm supposed to do I didn't go to law school for nothing I didn't go to law school so I can buy a Ferrari I went to law school so that God had me 
you know, understand law, legal implications and the implications on the body of Christ. So that's what I'm here for. So absolutely. As long as I'm available, if I'm open and available, I will definitely come. Right. So if you need more details regarding tonight's chat, uh, all the email addresses and so forth and so forth, Rev will send it to me. I'll make sure that it's available to you. Send me a mail, Dwayne at RadioPulpit.co.za. Or if you don't know how to spell that, Dwayne, it's D-W-A-I-N, you can just do sport at RadioPulpit.co.za and I'll make sure you get all the details. Even if you don't get a hold of Reverend Paul Coupe, please send me a mail and I'll gladly hook you up with her. Rev, this is going to be a tradition now every last Monday of the month and I'm very excited about that. I'm very excited as well. I look forward to it. I'm really, really happy because, you know, um, uh, in a way, I'm almost glad that the church has been under attack and, you know, and I say this because I think it's pro- it's provoked us to start taking action. And I know that for at least 20 years, you know, I, this is what we've been doing for 20 years. Hate speech, um, going against ICASA for pornography and issuing porn TV licenses. We've been doing this for 20 years. And I used to get a lot of flack on Facebook. People used to write to me on Facebook and say, what's wrong with you? Pastors are preaching on Sunday and you're busy doing and you're petitioning and you're marching. <laughs> and so for me, I, I'm glad because, you know, at least we see that the church is woke now. Woke. Now. You know, the church is woke. So if this is what it took what? and takes to get us woke. Then I say, praise the Lord, you know, that what the enemy meant for evil, you know, like Joseph said Mm. in Genesis 50, 20, God has turned it around so that many may live. So if it means that the church is alert and and lining up with her mandate, which is an ecclesiastical legislative mandate, then all glory to God. Let's do this, church. Let's do this. Come on. Let's do this. I like that. You you need you you need that in your church. You need that in your church. Please invite Reverend (laughs) Falkufai. Also, please log into Radio Pulpit. Well, tune into Radio Pulpit for all the other rebroadcasts of this specific show. Saturday morning is a very hot time for you to listen as well. A lot of our listeners listen on Saturday morning. So if you are listening to us now and it is Saturday morning, good morning to you. Or please just go to www.radiopulpa.co.za and go download the podcast and distribute it far and wide. Before myself and